thinking First Corinthians chapter two, excuse me, not Second Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now if we stop right there, if we stop and don't read any further, he's reading from Isaiah. He's reading from a time when Isaiah was prophesying about you, about me. He's prophesying, he's reading the prophecy that Isaiah declared. Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard the things that have entered into the heart of God that he has prepared for us. But then, if you stop right there and you close it and you end it, we all leave this place today thinking that eye has not seen, nor ear has heard. Are you with me? But what does verse 10 start with? But God has revealed them to who? God's not trying to keep anything from us. He's not trying to withhold His plan from us. He's not trying to get us to walk in a foggy mist of uncertainty. No, He's trying to get us to understand something so that when we take steps of faith, we take steps of faith with confidence because we know that even though eye didn't see and ear didn't hear, oh, we've seen and we've heard because He lives in us, through us, and for us. And He says... For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. If you stop right there, we leave and we still, okay, well, we may see and we may hear, but we don't know the thoughts of God. But then what does verse 12 say? Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Come on, stand to your feet one more time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that your word declares to us that not only do you have plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, but that then you said in 1 Corinthians, you said that you are not withholding those plans from us. You are not trying to disguise it and hide it. No, you reveal those things to us by your Spirit. You're not trying to hide your thoughts towards us and for us and for our future. You're trying to declare them. But you declare them through your spirit. So this morning, we declare, we receive, we de desire, we position our heart and release our faith to receive everything that you want to say to us this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. Jeremiah, go back to Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. My, ver my version says, for I know the thoughts. The word thought there means this. It means purpose, device, intention. It means thoughts or inventions that spring from such thoughts. It means thoughts of God and the plans that arise from those thoughts. Do you realize that the, the, the impact 
that the Word of God has on the human being is to expose and reveal and express God's intent for man. For us, the, where the gospel has gotten foggy is we have forgotten sometimes to declare to people that God's plan for you is to prosper you, not to harm We've gone so far to the other extreme that the, the people don't even want to know anything about God because we declare to them something that's not true. We declare to people that their life is going to be subjected to all manner of things, but yet we don't give them the full gospel, the true hope of Jesus Christ in their life. No wonder people don't want to get saved. Romans, my Bible tells me in Romans, the second chapter, that it's the goodness. Where's the goodness? One of the mandates on, 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 on one love is to be, okay, so you know the word expression. We, we've said that, to be the expression of love. And I heard something the other day that I have to be careful that I don't let it just consume me. But it was, con it was like the Lord said, look, here's confirmation. Because I can't, but what does it mean to be that expression? What does it mean to be that expression of love? And he says this, a pastor over in Jamaica said this. He said, every generation demands, demands an expression of the kingdom of God that's relevant for their generation. Every generation demands. There's an expectation within the heart of man. The, the, the Bible says that the heart of men cries out. They cry out and demand for the expression of Jesus Christ, of the kingdom of God that is relevant to their generation. And I said, glory to God. One love is, is, is purposed to be that expression. The expression of love doesn't just stop at, I love you. The expression of love is the full intent of why I love you. We read John 3.16 and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And we forget that the, the, the precedent setting event of God's full expression to all generations was what? A gift. Manifested in Jesus Christ. We for, we've, sometimes we've forgotten that. And so we go back and we say, all right, so... So what are we doing as a church? What is it that we're doing? And, and, and to cast the vision, you've got to cast the full vision. You've got to be that full. What does it mean to be that full expression? What, what does that all mean? So this morning, these are the three things I want, you to, I want you to see. I want you to see the plan. I want you to see the path. And I want you to see the promise. See, the plan, you got that plan for me that you could throw up on there? When we built our house, when we started talking about building our house, we had to come up with a plan. That's not our house, but that is a house. How many of you know what that is? Now, this one has dimensions. It has labels on it. It does all of that. You, God's plan, and this is what I like, his thoughts, okay? So his thoughts are really his plans for your life. That is a plan for your life in God. I've always said that in the filing cabinet in heaven under your name, Papa Bill Sweeney, a.k.a. Papa, is a, filing, is a manila folder that you pull out, and in that folder is God's plan for your life. His thoughts 
All of his thoughts that he thinks towards Bill, all of the plans that he has for Bill. Now, it's up to him to align himself with those thoughts and those plans. But I believe that even in that filing cabinet <laughs> is contingencies based upon when you didn't necessarily treat Granny the way you should have treated Maybe in those plans, we've had things in our life that have happened, and I believe that in that filing cabinet is a contingency plan for the times when, like, this is the, per this is the perfect will, but I've already got a contingency. So he marks that out and comes up with a contingency to get us to the same place that we arrived to begin with. That's what Jesus was for. God's plan for man was never to fall. His plan and his purpose for mankind was never to fall. He created the human body. Come on, you can ask the doc when you get done. He created the human body to heal itself. You don't do that if you don't intend for man to live forever. He, the, the thing that separates us from every other animal on the place of this planet, not only is the words that we speak, but the thoughts that we think. We have a free will. My dog, Tux, he don't have a free will. He don't. The minute that he thinks he's going to do something and my voice says, eh, he knows I don't have a free will. He stops. He doesn't have a free will, but you and I do. The Bible says in Hebrews, I think it is, it says that God desires that none should perish. His plan has not, I don't believe, I, this is me, I don't believe that his plan for humanity, for individuals, has been represented to the fullest intent and expression of his heart. I don't believe that. Because we look at people's lives, and when they don't line up with this plan, we criticize their life. Oh, I wish I could get somebody in here to say amen. You know what I'm talking about? The people... That, are, that have been in my life, that have had the biggest impact, are the ones that don't point out what I'm doing wrong all the time, but they point out the plan that they saw in me from the beginning of our relationship. God doesn't do that. It's, oh, what about sharing the truth in love? I love it when people share the truth in love. God shares the truth in love, but he doesn't just share the truth. We got to be careful that we don't, our words have power. And the plan of God's life, a plan for God for your life and my life, was demonstrated in a gift. It was the fullest expression of Jesus Christ. So much so to when the Pharisees of the time would criticize Jesus for doing something on a sacred holiday, he would, con he would call them whitewashed walls. He would rebuke them for trying to take away the full expression of his love. The fullest expression. So you got a house plan. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Where's that prophecy coming from? The spirit that's been poured out. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men 
shall dream dreams. Where do those visions and those dreams come from? They come from you, inspired by the Holy Spirit, which he poured out on you. Now, when did he pour out his spirit? On the day of Pentecost. Stop trying to get God to pour his spirit out upon you. He already has. That's like standing in the middle of a swimming pool and saying, Lord, I want to get wet. You already wet. You just don't realize it. You just don't know it. Go on and dump, dunk yourself all in the water and swim out there in the deep end. Just go on and get all sloppy wet. See, we've, we've withheld certain things from people. There are things that you can only get in your relationship with Jesus, but he's not blocking your relationship with him. You and I are. I wrote this down. I said, dream. God works through your dream. The only way the manifestation of that comes to pass, the only way you get that on paper is if you dream it. Are you following me? Dream. God works through the, There is nothing in my life that didn't come to pass without me first having a vision and a dream for it. This woman that God gave me, not Adam's, this woman, I'm not talking about that. This good woman, you know what I'm saying? This woman that God gave me was a manifestation, started out with a dream and a vision. I didn't even know I liked Asian. Especially this Asian. Yes. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, the three beautiful children that I have first started out with a dream and a vision, and I didn't even know it. I said, watch, God's going to give me a house full of women. Well, you spoke it, brother, but why, what did I speak that from? I spoke it from a place of where not I had been or known not of what I had thought I'd known. I spoke that out of the abundance of my heart, which I have given permission and rulership of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to reside in there. And out of that relationship, out of that spirit being poured out upon me, came the manifestation of my three girls. And so guess what? I have a house full of women. But what's funny is, that when you get ready to, 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 you cannot listen to me. God works through your dreams. If you don't see it and you don't dream it, it can't come to pass. It's almost like he cheats, although he doesn't cheat because he makes the rules. So if you make the rule, it's not cheating. You remember when you were little kids and he was playing games and you was like, ah, no, uh, that don't work if you hold your breath and hold your left foot. No, no, that's cheating. No, it ain't. I miss my house. You come to play with me, I make up the rules, right? You ever played at kids' houses like that, you know what I'm saying? And you get so aggravated, you know, because they change the rules like midstream of the game. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? So Jesus goes, <laughs> Satan goes, that ain't working. He goes, I make the rules, I make up the game, and I'm the one who says whatever. That's why I think sometimes we make it, I don't believe that people are going to miss heaven on a technicality. See, because the Bible says in Romans, it says that even when we look up, there's something inside of us that acknowledges the existence of the one who created us. 
He made the rules. So what he did, he says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and pour it out so that those dreams and those visions and the manifestation of my main servants and all, I will pour out my spirit in those last days and they shall prophesy and show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He did that by pouring out his spirit first. There's a cry in man. There's a demand that our generation, this generation, is demanding, is crying out for an expression of the kingdom of God. And that's why we're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's why I'm here. You cannot, he cannot bring something to pass in your life until you dream it first. I look at my life and there are things that it's almost like, not that you work for it, but like if you have a dream and you just acknowledge that dream and then it comes to pass, it's like the, it's like the Lord works it out so good. You, all you got to do is just go, oh, yeah, I saw that. And because you recognize you saw that, he brings it to pass. Are you following me? He gives you a dream. You don't have to take when we when we designed our house. We didn't take those plans and lay them out and light candles and go around in oil and shake and we didn't have to do that. There was a restfulness that we just said, Lord, this is what you've put in our heart. Listen to me. I can't build what's in your heart. I can only build what's in my heart. I don't have faith right now for a 20,000 square foot mansion. Oh, but I got faith for something larger than what we're in right now. Why? Because I've already seen that come to pass. I've already seen the manifestation of that come to pass. You cannot dream someone else's dream. You have to dream your own dream. One love is about being that expression that the culture, the world demands. You're a part of that. The manifestation of the future facility or future place where we're going to be is a result of you praying and believing with us together. This is an expression. This room, where we sit, where we stand, how we worship, how we operate, how we preach is all an expression. Is it conducive to the generation that we're trying to reach? So now that the doors are open and basically anything's game, I don't want to get ahead of God. I don't want to be lagging and dragging my feet. But I'm looking for favor. I'm looking for something that says, see, when we went to, when we went to draw these plans up, plans cost anywhere from $800 to $1,500. We got our plans drawn up for $275. Can somebody say favor? And Lord knows you know us, right? We changed and marked and redrew and did all kind of stuff. He didn't charge us. When it came time to, to, to find the land, see, this woman here, she has a Pinterest account that had like 5,767,423 pictures of what our house and inside of the house and the girls and the playroom and the pool and the garden and everything, what it was going to look like. And see, here's when the enemy, see, that's good because she's dreaming. Can I tell you that almost everything to, that's in our house is a result of something that she pinned and that she saw. 
when you drive to our house and it's a winding and you see the pond in the back, it's a result of what I saw first. You have to dream it. You have to think about it. You have to meditate. And those dreams come from him. I wrote this down. Your life is not meant to suck. Your life is not meant, just because Satan's life sucked doesn't mean that yours has got to suck. He's not intending for you to have a disastrous life. He's not intended for you for everything in your life to always fall apart and always fail. That's not his intent. That's not his plan. That's not his purpose. So reject it with everything that is within you. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3.20 says, Okay, say that last part again. According to all you, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. You can't have it exceedingly abundantly above what you don't ask and what you don't think about. You just don't ask enough. What would you say to me the other day? You sent me a text message and you said, make your vision bigger. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. Called the Kmart building. Yeah. <laughs> there was a building. There's a building that's across the street from CBS. It's still on Love Avenue, right? One Love, Love Avenue. I don't know. I'm just saying that old shopping center. You know where the Pineapple Post is? Used to be. There's a, like a fitness thing coming, and there's like a little storefront. And I was like, what would it look like? I mean, we've all kind of ridden around. Some people have talked about that. It's like, so I made a phone call. I called my, I called my friend. He called, made a phone call. He wanted 1.1 or 1.2 million for the whole building, right? Well, then I called him the other day, and I said, ask him again. I asked him again. Now he wants 2 point something million because he got a new tenant in there. Said he wouldn't lease to a church. He hasn't met the God of our Lord Jesus Christ who can keep you up all at night. And I'm not saying that's the building. What I'm trying to get you to see is that I'm dreaming big. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to expand my territory. I'm asking the Lord to expand my vision. Look around. We got some empty chairs this morning, right? Are we going to let that diminish us? What about you? What if I only preached to you in relationship to what I thought should be here? What if I only ministered to you to the degree that I thought others should be here? In other words, what if I gave you a short-sighted TV dinner because there wasn't enough people? Well, the chairs ain't full. I'm just going to give them a little verse and a little scripture, and then we're going to go home. What would that make you feel like? Shorted. It's not always... It's the, at times past, it was not always easy to, to do this. The praise and, worship, uh, praise and worship team, it's not always easy to lead people in praise and worship, especially when they don't want to do Why do all these churches now shut the lights off? Because it's so much easier. I don't have to look at your face. You can concentrate on God instead of that shiny thing on that person's ear because you feel like you're in a tanning bed. <laughs> 
when you're worshiping God. Can I tell you something? Praise and worship, this is not in my notes. I'm going to give you this free. This is free dessert. You can take this home. Praise and worship is not for you. Praise and worship is for Him. See, when we come together, we minister to the Lord. Uh, your love never fails. You've done it before. You'll do it again. We're reminding him because he said, put me in remembrance. That's what we're doing. Come on, somebody. We're putting him in remembrance of what he said, not for our sake, although we benefit from it. We're putting him in remembrance for his sake. You told me I was 25 years old, 26 years old, and I still wasn't married. You said. Yeah. They remind me often. When you're dreaming and you're writing your vision and you're writing your dream down, watch out for the people who try to strip your dream. See, what's funny is when we were getting ready and we were doing and we were gathering, you couldn't put, I couldn't tell you how many people would come up to us and go, when are you going to get started? You ain't started yet? You've been talking about building a house for five years. I finally told her, I said, don't even talk to people. If you ain't got something good to say, I don't even want to talk to you. Because why? Because, it's, because every time they said that, it's like it strips away something. It's like your dream's not good enough. It sucks. You suck. The enemy's always doing that. <laughs> I remember a preacher that said, he couldn't even afford to put gas in his Toyota Corolla, and he rolled by an airport and saw a jet, and the Lord said, I'm going to give you a jet one day. And he was like, Lord, I can't even put gas in this Toyota Corolla. And the Lord said, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. Can you believe for it? Can you, can we believe God to do exceedingly abundantly all we could ask or think for One Love City Church? For the sake of the kingdom. So he went and found the first preacher he could find. He said, and he was in the ministry. He had been in the ministry about five seconds. He went to this preacher and he said, man, God done told me he was going to give me a jet. He was so excited. God told me he was going to give me a jet. And he said, son, you can't even put gas in your Toyota Corolla. How are you going to afford a jet. Discouragement. That's not building somebody up. Can I just give you a piece of advice? And myself. If what comes out of your mouth doesn't build somebody up, just shut up. Even people, listen, you think it was easy to have the man that was here last week for me? You think it was easy to have this man you don't think I was nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs? Not because he's judgmental, not because he thinks he's better. Not, no, not, none of that. Because I know that he don't, he don't, listen, he doesn't, he cares about us. I don't have anything to give him. I don't have anything to contribute to his worldwide ministry. He flew here, came here for us. 
but it doesn't mean it was easy. And yet, when I was on the phone with him, an hour one day and an hour the next day, and he was telling me things and speaking into my life and speaking some things into the life of the church, it wasn't easy. But I never felt discouraged. He spoke truth, but he spoke it in love. It's like the person who tells you your breath stinks in front of everybody else and it embarrasses you versus somebody who pulls you to the side and they build you up, and then they tell you your breath stinks, and you are so encouraged that the first thing you do is run out to the store and get you some fresh mints and a toothbrush and some toothpaste and some floss. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's something that calls forth that. So what I'm saying to you is that God is instructing us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. But don't submit yourself. Don't submit your plans and to your dreams to people that are going to say. The enemy's always going to be trying to tell you why you can't do it. Everybody's passing. Just going to pass mints out so nobody has any stank breath. <laughs> write it down. Number one, dream. Number two, write it down. You got to write it down. It doesn't become reality till you write it down. I, I journal all the time. I'm always typing. I'm always writing something. I'm always putting something on paper because I don't want the Lord to say, well, Lord, speak to me. And the Lord goes, I did, and you didn't write it down. Lord, I wish I had a vision for a house. I gave you a vision, and I sent three magazine subscriptions to your house that you didn't apply for with that house, and you still throw them in the trash because you thought, Oh, I can't build that. That's too big. That's too expensive. That's too much. Number three, don't be frustrated by the process. You know, we started doing this, and people started putting pressure on us. When you gonna get? When you gonna be? When you gonna get started? You ain't got it ready yet. You don't have your house plans drawn up yet. You don't have a con. You don't have. It's like pressure, 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 pressure. Don't get in a hurry. But at the same time, recognize the difference between pressure and urgency. There's an urgency in the kingdom of God. There's an, I'm 41 years old, be 42 this year. There's an urgency in me to get things done for the kingdom. Not because I feel the pressure, but because I feel the urgency. I don't want to waste any more time. Time's the only thing I can't get back, Papa. I can't get the time back. You can't get it back. You can't get your 20s back. I wish I could sometimes go back. I wish. That's what I try to tell him. I was in your shoes, and so I speak to him as if he was me when I was his age. Because I remember what I didn't have. Pastor L.A. taught me that. He said, go back and tell them what you weren't told, and if you could tell your younger self, tell it again. Young. Will and Grace getting married. I'm trying to tell Will things that I didn't have somebody telling me. She's trying to tell Grace. With the younger couples, we're trying to tell them, listen, don't fall into the trap that the enemies told you. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't be like that because that's a lie. Instead, be this. You know how many marriages, Christian marriages, start off 
doomed for failure? Because no one sat down and talked to the man about the woman, and no one sat down, sat down with the woman and told her about the man. And so you get married and you think everything's dirty. Come on, there ain't no, just like one, there's no kids in here, right? Sex is not dirty. This is like four people that said amen. How you think you got here? Right? Was, was, was Pastor Andy telling you the story about, or was it something else, when he was talking about his dad would be very affectionate to his mom around the kids? I'm very affectionate to her around our kids. I mean, I'm not like X-rated. It's good for them to see that. Why? Because I don't want them to, I don't want them to find a man that's afraid to express himself to his wife. And she's expressive towards me. Sometimes in the other other way. <laughs> and I'm just, I want to see them. I want them to see us have an argument. Now, I don't mean we cussing each other out. I mean, I don't do that. All the time. I don't. We don't. We don't do that. I do like her grandpa said. He said, anytime. He said, now, Lawrence, listen to him. He said, there's fine, go outside and find you a pear tree and talk to that pear tree. He said, Lord knows that that pear tree out there could talk. It would tell some stories. I'd have to cut it down and set it on fire. I didn't have anybody to tell me that. My parents were divorced, and then they both got remarried, and then they ended up marrying each other back again. Can somebody say redeemed? That's crazy. My parents were divorced for 13 years, 17 years. See, I don't even remember. I don't even, it's like it's hard for me to remember my life without my mom and dad being together now. That's redemption. So number one, dream. Number two, write it down. Number three, don't be frustrated by the process. Don't let people pour wet towels of water, water and wet towels all over your dream. You better find, you, listen, you want somebody speaking to your dream? Come sit down with Papa and Granny. Come sit down with us. Come sit down with me and her. Come sit down with somebody that you value. Come sit down with somebody you know won't just suck the life right out of you. Number two, the path. How many of you know for that plan to come in fruition, you got to close a loan, you got to pony up the money, and you got to get after it? I got frustrated. The day we closed our loan, I already had on that day delivering an excavator, and the following, that next, that Saturday, the next day, me, Casey, Casey's brother, Corey, Will, Ryan, and us. Who else was out there that day? Your daddy, Papa Timmy. We had everybody out there with chains. I bless God, I'm going to cut something down. We're going to get after it. Then it started raining. For weeks it rained. We couldn't even pour a foundation. We My point is, once you have the plan, at some point you got to pull the trigger. you got to get after it. 
So the second one is the path. You got to get after it. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says the plan, many are the plans of, of the man in his heart, but the Lord directs his steps. We got a lot of plans at One Love. We got a lot of plans for my life, but I'm trusting the Lord to direct my path, to take my step. All right, Lord, I see all this. What you want me to do? He said, take a step and take another step. And sometimes the steps are all you can do. Just take that step. You may not always know what to do, but you know what not to do. I'm going to say that again. You may not always know what to do, but you know what not to do. You may not always know what to say to your wife when she's upset, but you know what not to do. Can I get a witness from all the men? Women, wives, you may not always know how to fix, straighten, whatever word you want to use, but you know what not to do. Woman, leave me alone. Where are you going? I'm going to shoot something. I'm going to blow something up, set something on fire, and drive real fast. <laughs> I got my girls. They love it. Go fast, Daddy. Go fast. Whoa, that's too fast, Daddy. They want me to do Dukes of Hazard on the dirt road. And I'll do it. And I'll do it like I get real aggressive about it. And they go, oh, Daddy, that's too much. Just a little bit. You know, just whoop. We don't want to go airborne here. The last thing is the promise. The plan, the path. Listen, let me say one more thing. God is sovereign. I wrote this down. Write this down. God is sovereign. He restores the years and redeems the time. He restores the years and redeems the time. I don't even remember my life without her. And I thought of my time. was. I thought, man, I'm 27. I got to get married. I thought my life, you know. I don't remember my time. I don't remember my time without my children. I remember my time without them because I remember me wanting them. Now, there are things in your life that you and I have to come to grips with. <clears throat> time is a precious commodity. There are things in your life that it's too late for. We don't like to say that. But there are things in your life. It's too late for me to have wanted to get out of debt before I got married. How many of you know that's too late? That's over with. That ship done sailed. Be careful pulling on the threads of your life. Like a, like a, like a sweater. <clears throat> Mama Cleveland's got a sweater. You know how sometimes you have a thread on a sweater and you pull on that sweater, and then what does it start doing? It starts unraveling. If I go back and I start pulling on the things in my life, I'll, I'll, I'll stay up all night. Somebody didn't, nobody told me about investing when I was 20. Haley ain't here, so I'm going to pick on her. I beat on that girl about finances. I tell her, if you would just take $100 a month right now, when you, get your, you, when you get 50 years old, you'll be a millionaire. And you would end up doing nothing but just put $100. Who can't put $100? My gosh, you go to Zach's and you spend $10. I didn't have nobody. But if I pull on that thread, I'll stay awake and he'll beat me up. The enemy will beat me up about how sorry I am and I should have known and I should have did it. No, no, no. 
God, you redeem the time. Okay, so what I didn't do then, you can make happen now. Now, I can't go back, but I can start from where I'm at. I can't go back to the beginning of the year. It's over. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't necessarily go back and say, I wish I'd have done some things healthier, uh, more better for my body, better for my health. I can't go back then. I can't. Man, I wish I'd have exercised. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. I can't go back there, but I can start right now. I can decide not to eat that eighth piece of chicken when I leave here. I can make a choice. I mean, I can eat chicken, but I don't need to eat all of it. I can have a piece of candy when I go over to Granny's house, but I don't mean i got to swipe the whole bag and leave. There are things in your life that it's too late for, but there are things in your life that is not too late for. Right now, today, you and I can start. I love it when people say, well, what about Abraham and Sarah? They had a baby. That's the only one in Scripture. It's the only one. Now, my parents getting back together, oh, I use that all the time. I tell people, I say, listen, trust the Lord. God has a way of working things out. He has a way of moving things out. When we put our trust, blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. The last one is the promise. I don't have a final picture of our house yet. I'd show you. Because even yesterday, I was still finishing it up. But I'm excited because I see the manifestation of that house coming together. I see things. We, we go by and we get some flowers and we plant them out in the garden. I mean, I got, I got like 70% grass, 30% sand. Because we didn't put sod, we planted seed. So you know what that looks like. It looks like somebody scalped it all over with a, chain, with, with a weed eater. But we water it, we fertilize it. She's out there, she's got a little thing she drags around and she puts it in this spot. Then she puts it in that spot. And I'm out there and I'm raking the pine straw. I don't have pine straw beds. I have pine straw on the ground. They're not even classified as beds yet because I'm making them. But I see it coming. In. I don't have a driveway. I have dirt. And when it's been real, real dry, you drive in through the driveway and you pull up and there's this cloud of dirt like Sahara Desert just follows you. I have to wait. Girls, just wait. Wait for the dust cloud to go by and then we'll open the door. But it's coming to pass. I'm getting after it. I'm doing it. I don't forget the promise. Romans 8, 28 says, And we are assured, this is the Amplified, and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to, to and for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. He's the God that sees to it. That even if it doesn't look like that plan is coming to pass, He's a God that even makes your mistakes work for you, not against you. When we built our house, we had we had to have the the we had to have the the whole second story engineered because it's forty four feet with no walls. The whole middle of our house is the kitchen, dining room, and the living room, and it's just open. It's like this whole area right here. We had to have it engineered. 
And when my builder, Mr. Jerry, was putting in, he said, look, now, we don't have to do this because we moved the wall. He said, but I'm going to put another beam right here. It's not going to cost you very much. It's maybe 100 bucks. We're going to go ahead and put a beam right here so we make sure we got some extra support right here because the walls, the load bearing was in, it's just in the air because we had moved the living room so we can make our bedroom a little bigger. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it looks right. You can't tell it. But the reality is that the weight of that second story is falling on nothing except that beam. He said, I just think we ought to put it. I said, okay. So you remember, like, you remember this past year when we had all those storms come through? Our house didn't even creak. Well, we slept in the living room because <laughs> we got that whole second story. And if a tree fell, we didn't want it to fall on the bedroom or the porch. So we all pulled the mattress in there. We slept in it. It didn't even cry. I mean, mm-hmm. that wind. You saw them pine trees doing like this, and that house was just. He makes even the things that look like a mistake, he even makes them work for you. That's the grace message. The junk that's happened in your life, he will use for someone else's. There's people that, okay, I you know I keep using you, but I don't want to embarrass anybody else. There are people that only you, because they're, they're older, you know, they don't care. They don't care. They're like, look, I've lived longer. I know more. Just keep going, Pastor. Y'all have been through things as a, as, as a couple that were married and children, and now you come together. You're a testimony. There are things that you can speak into the lives of other couples that we can't necessarily, necessarily speak. We can speak truth and love, and we can have the anointing, but they know it works. They have. They've ministered to countless couples who have gotten divorced and have kids, and you're trying to blend families together. Come talk to them. They know. There are things that Uncle Don can relate to other people that I can't relate to because he's been there with his children. I haven't been there yet. Are you following me? The things that God, that the enemy wanted to destroy your life with is the very thing that God will say. And he will use it as a plan to encourage somebody else. Let me close with this. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Let me close with this. Don't give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Just because it doesn't look like it's finished don't mean like it's not going to be. You and I already stand in the place of victory. Victory's already been won. Victory's already been given. All we do is stand in that place. In the wind, the storms, the waves, the current, whatever, we stand in that place and we say, no, I have the victory. And I'll trust God to direct my steps either way. But I'm going to stand in this place of victory. So let me give you three things to think about, to consider about the plan, the path, and the promise. Number one, trust in God. Miss Amsel said something to April, and it has stuck with me. You said, trust God and love people. You cannot trust people and not trust God. You must trust God and love people. 
Y'all like how I did her accent right there. I'm getting good. I'm getting good. You trust God and love people. Why? Because you put your trust in someone other than flesh that will fail you. I will fail you. I will fail you. Not because I want to, not because I'm trying to, but because I carry this treasure in what? An earthen vessel. And I get tired and I get frustrated. Don't try to come talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. I get like that, just like all of you. Look at me like that. Y'all do the same thing. Trust God. Love people. When you trust God, it makes it easier for me to love you because I don't want anything from you. I just love you. It makes it easier for you to love her because you trust God. It makes your marriage stronger because you trust God and you love people. So number one is trust God and love people. Number two, surround yourself with someone, with people that are there for you. The, the, Jesus came to do two things. He came to destroy the works of the devil and to what? Establish the ecclesia. Let's not throw the church out. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's nothing wrong with church. It's just the bathwater needs to be changed. So take the baby out the bath, drain the water, and fill it back up and put that baby back in there. Let's wash that baby up. Let's take church, how we do church, how we gather, and let's wash it, and let's bathe it, and let's transform it, and let's present that as the expression to the world that we need. You need to surround yourself. Listen, Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching. You should be encouraging one another to be a church. There are things that when we come together that you miss out on if you're not here. You're not going to miss out on God. You're not going to miss out on Christianity. It's not that you just, oh, well, you didn't come to church. But there's something, there's a transaction that takes place that only takes place here. You should encourage one another. You should call and not condemn encourage i've got someone that i'm working on i mean this is my mission i'm like i'll come get you i'll get you gas i'll do whatever i can because i want this person to know that i love them not what they can do for me i want them to know what i'm willing to do for them forsake not the assembling of yourselves we have to be careful. This is his church, his body. He died for it. He lives for it. As Christ loved the church, husbands ought to love their wives. He loves you and me. He loves us. We need to be careful what we say negatively about the church. I don't want to do church as usual I want to do church as spiritual. I want to do church like he's called us to do church. And I'm seeing more things about the body and the church like I've never seen before. It's not what we thought it was. It's better. It's better. And number three, Hebrews 11, 11. 
says this. And I'm going to close and have Cornell come up. Hebrews 11.11 By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Put yourself in remembrance of the faithfulness of God. I'm always reminding people, my children and church people, Christians, other people, oh, it could be worse. Your life could be a lot worse. Why not give thanks to God that you have a car that the air conditioner works? Well, my car's got 70,000 miles on it. It's going to fall apart. It could be worse. It could be falling apart. You could be riding a bicycle. You understand what I'm saying? Put yourself, we need to remind ourselves, Father, we remind ourselves this morning that we are able to come and gather together in this air-conditioned facility, able to watch and participate in an anointed worship service in color with great sound sitting next to people that we love and that we cherish that aren't trying to kill us because we're Christians. We have so much to be thankful for that we have the ability to gather together without persecution. Lord, we are so thankful that you have given us, One Love City Church, the resources to go and to buy and to do for the kingdom of God. We put ourselves in remembrance of your faithfulness and we say now we will take a step when you tell us to take that step. We trust in you. We don't want to do anything that doesn't have your favor upon it. We don't want to make it happen. We just want to let it happen. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's always, it's always interesting to me. I'm just like, can I just ditto your prayer at the end? And then we just end that way. But all right, we got two quick announcements. Um, okay, so this week is the last week for One Life groups. And then we're taking a, a short break over the summer. That's announcement number one. Announcement number two, Jessica was trying to get here. Jessica Wade before the end of service so she could get this announcement, but she didn't quite make it. So I'm giving it for her. Um, if you don't know, Jessica is going with Miss Laurel and a small team to Africa. So she's trying to raise money. And she has a fundraiser this Saturday, um, which is a car wash, and she's looking for volunteers. So that's May 26th, Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. It's in the AutoZone parking lot. So if any of you are interested in helping volunteer, get with either Miss Laurel or Jessica, and we'll work that out. Or if you just want to donate. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking she's looking just for volunteers. That's what she texted me. All right. Or you can get your car washed and donate, all right? All right. Amen. Well, Father God, I thank you that, that, that we still... I thank you that in spite of anything that it looks like around us, Father, you're still seated on the throne. You're still faithful. You're still good. That, that your word is true. <laughs> that, that you love us. And, and you desire for us to be that expression as we have received that expression from you. And I thank you that, that, that the, the foundation stones that you're putting in place for us to be that expression 
have already been put there. There's things that you're, 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 you're kind of shuffling around, Father, but we get to fix our eyes, our gaze, our heart on you, and you're the one who's seeing this whole thing through. It's, by, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, God, that we're doing anything for your kingdom. So we just, we declare that we love you, and we desire to see your kingdom come, and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed.